This is Danny Jolkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome into episode 64 of the Level Flight Podcast. We've got a full crew back here today, Brian and Elliot. The Winnipeg Jets are on their All-Star break. We're not going to talk about what happened going into the All-Star break. They uh, dropped their last three games, two of them to the Maple Leafs, but whatever. Um, We're here to talk trade targets today. Off screen, we did a little bit of a draft lottery. You guys reached out to us on Twitter, gave us some names that you wanted us to talk about. We took all those names. We're going to draft them in order of who we'd like to see on the Winnipeg Jets. But before we do that, Brian Elliott, how are we doing? Well, I'm I'm good. I, uh, I'm doing better than what the Jets were when they went on to the break. But, you know, uh, we're uh, we're good over here. We're doing good. I'm excited for this episode. Should be a good one. I have a feeling there's going to be a little bit of controversy. Elliot, you're on the clock, me. by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, so Elliot, Elliot won the draft lottery. He's going to draft first. I'm going to draft second, and then Brian's going to draft third, and we're going to snake it. So then Brian will draft again and draft fourth. The draft thing is like kind of in air quotes. Like We're just finding a, a creative way to talk about all of the names that you guys gave to us. Thank you to everyone who reached out on our Twitter. Let's get into it with the first pick. Elliot, you're on the clock. There's a bunch of names in a, in a separate document we have off screen, but it's basically every name that was thrown in our tweet on Twitter at level flight WPT, but Elliot, you're up. So I'm going to go with the player that it's not an immediate need for the jets. It's not the two C. So I think, you know where I'm going. I've been saying they've needed another top four D for the longest time. I know he was just moved last year. This is going to be controversial, but I'm going to take Jacob Chikrin. Wow. Just because the the age, he still has two years left on this deal. That's like the perfect amount of years for uh, Kevin Day off. Can't have anybody with one year left or with three years. Has to be two years left. Got to make sure that we get a year and a half exactly with the player. Um, but I, I personally think that as much as this decor has been great, we just saw what happened to Declan Chisholm, which means that they're one injury away from having Logan Stanley come back into the lineup. And I'd much prefer them to have Nate Schmidt sitting as the seventh defenseman. Um, or it could be somebody else. could be Brendan Dillon. But I just think Chikorin would absolutely just make that decor as solid as possible. Obviously, I'm going to go with a forward for my next pick because I think they still need a 2C. But you also look at the options and the 2C market, there isn't a clear winner, right? You look at the D core and D D options at least, and you go, "Oh, well, Chickren's here. He's supposed to be a difference maker. I'm sure with a good roster around him, he can be." So that is why I picked Jacob Chickren. Okay, okay, there you go. Uh, if you're on YouTube, Brian's got the the draft results, the ticker up there on the bottom. 
We're going um, all in. Before, yep. before we get into the second pick and the argument for Elliot's first pick, I thought it'd be a good idea we should just read every name on the list for podcast listeners just for context reasons so they know who we're choosing from. Um, so we've got Sean Monahan, Boone Jenner, Adam Henrique, Elias Lindholm, Casey Middlestat, Brock Nelson, Ryan O'Reilly, Matthew Joseph, Thomas Hurdle, Brady, Braden Shen, Pavel Buchnevich, Claude Giroux, Vladimir Tarasenko, Dominic Kubalik, and then on defense, Chris Tanev, Sean Walker, Jacob Chikrin. Elliot went Chikrin with number one. I, as the, as the person holding the second pick, I agree. But with you holding the first pick, I disagree. Not all, like the, you, you did say, you did preface it by saying they do need a 2C. Um, I just don't, for a few reasons, I don't think Chikrin's the guy. If they were to get a defenseman, I'd prefer Tanev in my opinion. Um, and I'd prefer to see basically in general. Anyways, that's my disagreement with, with your pick, but the reasons you said good puck mover could play with Josh Morrissey or a Brendan Dillon, good puck mover, power play guy makes sense to me. Term reasonable cap hit. Brian, what are your thoughts? I've, I've been a big fan of chicken for a while. Um, I was really disappointed when I saw what Ottawa ended up paying for him last year, because I thought the jets could have done so. Um, I am of the mindset that while yes, a top four defenseman would be nice. I don't think it's the most pressing need. Um, and as uh, you said, Connor, I don't know if he's the guy to be the, the one to slot in there. Um, you said, uh, Tanev, I'm a big Sean Walker guy, um, with what he would offer. Um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily inherently wrong to go with Chikrin because of the impact he has. And you know he would immediately step into a top four role and probably do very well here. Yes, that is for sure. And not only for this year, but next year. That's a big kind of caveat to this whole thing um, is the fact that he would be here. And a lot of the Jets are coming back next year. I think that's another thing. Like rentals make sense. Guys with two years left in their deal also make sense. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm on the clock now. Let me, let me you take a look the at clock. these names. I, so many names to choose from. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, there is a name that I think Brian is going to take because he was one of the first people to bring them up, bring him up on this pod. Um, but I, and I want to take him, but I did just say like 30 seconds ago that the two C was the biggest need. So I'm going to stick with that. Someone threw out the name of Brock Nelson. That to me would be an absolute home run. Um, he's got two years left on his guild, just like Chikrin. Um, and he is just an absolute beast. Chris Johnston of uh, the athletic released his, uh, his best on best national team, like predictions. And Brock Nelson wasn't even like a, a snub or like an afterthought for team USA. And people lit him up in the comments. Where's Brock Nelson? Where's Brock Nelson? So if you like want to know how good this guy is, um, a lot of people were asking for him to be on Team USA or like a depth piece on Team USA, and we know how stacked that forward core is. He's a two-way center, fills the net, uh, $6 million cap hit, very manageable. He's a, He'd be a, an absolute beast of a 2C, and he would just fit the mold. Um, now, if you we were ranking them by realistic or how realistic it is that they're actually on the trade block, Brock Nelson would probably be near the bottom. But it's a name that was thrown out there. It's a name with two years left of term in the Islanders probably not going to make the playoffs. 
I don't hate it. Um, and Brock Nelson is an absolute stud. So that's going to be my first pick. I don't know if you guys disagree, have any thoughts. I love Brock Nelson as a thought. And I, I honestly, I don't, I, I don't think it's like totally realistic, but I also don't, I wouldn't shock me if it was a name that, you know, gets moved just mm-hmm. with, he's been there for a long time. And at some point or another, you got to think that he'll be moving on, whether that's in, if that's in two years when his deal expires or next year when he's got that one year left. But I think that this is a year that the Islanders had higher expectations. They just made a coaching change. Um, and so you got to be real that if, if they're not bouncing back after Patrick Waugh comes in at all, uh, there's thought of some of the bigger names might be on the market. I, I, I don't think you'll see a uh, Barzal move. Like I, that's been thrown out there more than I think it should be. Uh, but I do also think that Brock Nelson, though, given the fact that he's 31, uh, I think he might be one of those guys that could be the one that you know fetches something at the deadline for them without moving one of their stars, if that makes sense. Yeah, and real quick before we get Elliot's thoughts, I quickly flipped over to the Jay Fresh thing. If you're here on YouTube, 91% projected war percentage. Um, the EV defense, I think, would come up, especially in the Jets system. Um, but you look at the the thing that sticks out to me, 96% finishing, 96% goals. The Jets have kind of struggled with goal, sto- goal scoring, especially when Mark Scheifele went out of the lineup. I think they scored like nine goals in their last six games, something along those lines. So I... Big fan of Brock Nelson and his Jay Fresh card checks out. Elliot. I think he's a good player. I like both of you said, is he available? Is the if is the question. Um that that's what the biggest thing is, I think. Um, but I, I think if he's available, then the Jets realistically, when I look at this list of players, we know that their opportunity to pick up a big name was probably last year. I would probably say that the names on our current list are a little bit weaker, just, just as an overall. But if you add Brock Nelson to that list of guys that the mm-hmm. Jets are going to go chase, I think that elevates the ceiling of a potential like, okay, this is a difference maker that's going yeah. to... And I think that's what the Jets need. The Jets need a player that's... Like they're not... This isn't last year... Where like obviously they may throw a fourth or a fifth at somebody for right like a shoe in later depth piece you always do if you're contending mm-hmm. but I think the Jets need to make sure that if they're picking somebody up you're not going to pay big for someone who's not going to make a difference I think Brock Nelson would be a player that I would be okay with calling up the Islanders and them going okay we're willing to give up Nelson and Chevy goes okay well who right like yeah and I, throwing almost anybody at them to try to get him i would i would be more than okay if that meant let's say a brad lambert or you know whoever else is there whoever they want honestly if if it's if it means brock nelson then i think then you throw the kitchen sink essentially as long as you're not getting completely fleeced um but yeah, yeah i think it's a good pick just yeah okay appreciate that um <laughs> quickly on the on the that you said the the market and i agree with you the market is worse or like perceived worse this year than last year um i think a big reason for that though i've actually been thinking about why that is last year there's timo meyer and you knew he was on the market because he was a pending rfa the sharks were 
god awful and it was like that's the number one guy now the number one guy is like elias lindholm who i'm sure we're going to talk about but he's like again a pending ufa having one of his worst years of his career it's like okay like is that really like he's not really gonna fetch the big return that timo meyer would so the market as a whole just feels worse at the top if that makes sense Um, Mm -hmm. but i agree with you that the market does feel worse but when teams start to fall out closer to the trade deadline like an islanders um and like some of these other teams that we'll bring up here i'm sure uh i think the market could improve and that's when the jets could pounce so we'll see um brian you're up twice back-to-back picks um you're on the clock all right so we are wading into the territory of two caveats here with this pick Mm -hmm. one there really hasn't been much official speculation whether this guy is available there's talk based on another sort of it's one of those teams that every year are supposed to take that next step and they're still struggling it's a little bit you know there's some despair some apathy in the fan base Uh, a player that had a little bit of a slow start to his career and has started to establish himself as a genuine uh, second line center uh, and of course, I am going to uh, the great city of Buffalo, New York, and selecting Casey Middlestat with the third overall pick. Um, I have I like been it. a a doubter early in his career because there was a. I feel like he was kind of thrown into it fairly quickly, and there was a lot of people uh, who were you know, a little bit doubtful of what he was uh, capable of doing uh, at the NHL level. And flash forward to this year, um, we're now looking at someone who is, you know, producing at a decent clip. Um, but you're all, it's someone who's also just doing the right things in his game that uh, I, I do think that um, he is younger uh, still. So you also have another year of, uh, of contract and then he's an RFA so you hold his rights even longer for that. So obviously that's going to probably cost a little bit, but you have to start wondering at what point uh does, you know, the clock run out in Buffalo where they start moving out some of their younger guys if they're not 100% sure about, right? So you're yeah. you're getting a guy who is uh, you know, fairly decent uh on the offensive side of the puck. He's a great passer um which is something that if you are putting a second line together uh, having someone who can feed it down the middle uh, is really good. And also, he's not, not too shabby. He can he can finish at a decent clip. He's got 12 goals this year. Um, but yeah, his, his point totals, you're going to probably find more on the assist side. But I've been a big fan of what he has done this season, especially. Um, I'd love to know what you guys think about it, though. I I love the pick. I love the player. I love the fact that there's term. I love the fact that it's a manageable cap hit. Um, I like that with goes without saying, I love all of that. All the reasons you said, there's one thing, there's one thing, and it's not a knock on middle stat whatsoever. It's the fact that he's 24. I don't know if that's updated 24, 25 years old. Um, and the fact that if you put him in between Perfetti and Ehlers, I don't know if this whole ice time, uh, thing gets solved with a 31 year old, like Brock Nelson, I'm convinced that Rick bonus would trust that line more with a younger, kind of soft skill player like middle stat do they still kind of roll the lowry line as the second line and then you just have i mean i guess the the plus side of that is you just have a dynamic third line of perfetti middle stat and which would be unbelievable um 
but I just don't. A, a thing I've been thinking about with the two C acquisition is: does will Rick Bonus trust them? And Casey Middlestat, I don't. I'm not sure if he would. You're gonna love my fourth pick then. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Elliot, what are your thoughts on on Middlestat? I think it's a good pick, but also here's here's my other point. You need like he is a two way player, but if he's more of a passer, you kind of already have a passer on your line with Perfetti. If you're putting him on the second line, right? If you mm-hmm. let's let's say the lines are when everybody's healthy is Connor Shifley Velarde because we know that the Jets want to go back to that. So that means it's Perfetti and Ehlers on the wings, right? You have a yeah. shooter and chance creator in Ehlers, and you have a essentially pure passer in Perfetti. You need someone who's going to do both, like kind of is going to be a two-way defensive player to kind of anchor Ehlers a little bit. Obviously, Perfetti, we know, is decent enough defensively. But you then need someone else who's going to be able to score a little bit. I think Middlestad is a little bit too much of a passer for me to where I feel like you get those possessions. Like, I don't know. I hate bringing up a basketball reference, but... You know when you watch possession and there's too many passes and they've like given up like four open looks at a three because everybody's passing out there because they don't want to shoot it? That's kind of what I feel like it would maybe be with middle stat. And I agree with you on the whole, is bonus going to like play that line? Like if you do a Brock Nelson or there are a couple other names on this list of players that we know that would go down the middle and he'd play them more, which means Perfetti and Ehlers' ice times go up. So that's where I'm a little hesitant about it. But other than that, I think... If we didn't have to worry about that issue, and I mean, I think if you already didn't have like a pure passer on the line, I think that would be like the perfect acquisition. Well, I think the solution, like if they were to get middle stat, the like just kind of it's hitting you in the face solution is move Ehlers up with Shifley and Velarde and then yeah. move have Perfetti middle stat and Kyle Connor and just have Perfetti middle stat just feeding Kyle Connor and have him take 12 shots a game. Oh, oh my God. But Al Connor on the second line. Oh no. How could we ever do that to make everything balanced? Oh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yes. Brian is. I, yes. Yes. Brian is back up on the clock with the fourth pick in the snake trade targets draft. See what you're going to understand here is that I just wanted middle stat on my team. So, uh, now I can take a pick that I would trust more to be played. Um, and that will be some people think I might go with the, the obvious pick that's been thrown around. I'm not, I'm going with Adam Henrique. Adam Henrique. Okay. Good pick. Okay. Okay. I, what are your thoughts or Brian? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to say he (laughs) is one of those guys that it feels like he's constantly sort of like floating around in the market. Uh, but he's got a, a year less on his deal now. Cause I feel like last year there was talk that he might get moved. Um, but what you're seeing now is a guy who is, you know, winding down in Anaheim, but he's still a really solid guy. Uh, a, a guy who, you know, plays a good game, someone who I think Rick bonus would trust. Um, he's, you know, a, a veteran and, you know, you're, you're getting also a player who has, you know, proven for quite a long time that he has been a solid second line center guy. Um, he's one of those players that I, we're, we're really finding out about the whole, like uh, how much different the, uh, the sort of pick pool is this year in terms of trade when 
I'd be content with an Adam Henrique, but it feels like <laughs> a realistic and also a very much a, a bonus choice that would actually bring that, uh, um, that second line into a point where they'd actually trust to play it. If that makes sense. Yeah. He's, he's a veteran. He's 33 years old. Um, I think his, he's got 15 goals in the season, which would be third on the jets behind Connor and Ehlers. Um, and obviously Shifley has missed the last six games. He'd probably be ahead of Henrique if that were the case, but yeah, I don't hate it whatsoever. He's, He's a, a veteran. He's done it before. He hasn't played in the playoffs actually in a long time um, since his New Jersey devil days, which were <laughs> really early in his career. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the thought. Um, I, I don't those see power play why not. The power play would fix the power play one year left pure rental uh, cap hits high, but you could definitely do some, some salary retention on that. Elliot, I don't, uh, I'm failing to see kind of the downside of, Adam Henrique, which might be like a secondary option. Like you might, you won't have to pay a one for Adam Henrique. I don't know. You know, no, I, I have been a huge, 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 huge Adam Henrique fan ever since his days with the New Jersey devils. Um, I, I love his game and I, I kind of see him more as a three C in my opinion, but I think on the jets, I think he'd be a perfect two C because like Adam Lowry, you can't move up the lineup. Like he has to be three or four C, right? So having Adam Henrique as a two C, I think is perfect. And I think he adds to that offensive punch to a line potentially with Perfetti and Ehlers. I think he would mm-hmm. be fantastic. The only thing, again, obviously we know that, as you can see, his EV defense isn't great, but he's also playing the Anaheim Ducks. Like that will come and up. I, but you have to think never, of the system too. Yeah, you have to think of the mm-hmm. system. I also don't know if historically he's been a great defender. But that line already has Perfetti is a good enough defender, and Ehlers has shown that he is. He's been break enough. even in his career. Like he's one of those guys that like he's been good enough defensively. There's no glaring real issues. Like he's not one of those guys that it's like you look at him and he's like, this guy does not. He's scared of defending. Um, yeah. He's one of those guys that I think that he can hold his own. Like he's not going to be one of those players that you look to as like, oh, he is the epitome of a uh, a two way center. Um, and he's not giving you the uh, defensive impact as, say, a, um, like a Vlad Nemestikov, but you're making up for it in the offense that he would probably create. Yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic pick. I was going to be picking him because I've been a huge fan of his for a long time. So, but no, that's a fantastic pick, Brian. All right. Brian has got Adam Henrique and Casey Middlestat. Elliot's got Jacob Chikrin, and I've got... Who did I take? Brock Nelson. Sorry. Um, and again, while I, I'm making my second pick here, and again, realistically, if we were ranking these guys based on how likely it is, this guy would be near the bottom. Uh, I believe this team is now in a playoff spot. They, um, they've they actually been playing really well as of late. They just lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets last night, as I say that, one nothing in a shootout. But the St. Louis Blues... And when I say that team name, you likely know who I'm going with. Um, probably the best J Fresh card we'll see out of all the names uh, brought up. But Pavel Buchnevich was a name that people are throwing out there. Uh, $5.8 million cap hit. And yeah, if you're on YouTube, I mean, just take a look at this J Fresh card. He's, he's an absolute beast everywhere on the ice. First line player 
Uh, it does say position left wing, left wing, right wing center, but he hasn't played center in his career like at all. Um, he's played like a total of like 20 games at center. Yeah. Like that's, that's not really what he's here for. Um, but yeah, just the jets are elite at five on five. So this is kind of making a strength, a strength getting Pavel Buchnevich, who's a winger. You have an abundance of wingers. Um, if this was the big swing, you kind of have to really make a concentrated effort to make Nemeskov or Perfetti and Nemeskov's worked at 2C, but I'm, I'm saying like, you'd have to make an effort that Velarde would move into the middle or something like that. Or even Buchnevich. Um, if you think if your pro scouts deem that he could play center, go for it. Right. Um, but he's just an absolute beast that I can't pass on him here at the, the fifth pick, just the five on five game with him would be even better than it already is. Um, now it's in division. They're currently in the second wild card spot. Um, but maybe there's a little bit of Nino Niederreiter here, right? Like the Predators were in a playoff spot last year. He had two years left on his contract. That was a division rival and they still helped out the Jets. So uh, it's not completely out of the realm of possibilities, but Pavel Buchnevich, I what I, I would say is probably just the best name flat out on the list that was given us. Uh, so I'm going to take him here for sure. What are your guys' thoughts, Brian? Uh, I mean, I, I love the guy. Like he, I've been a big fan of him since his uh, New York days, and I always felt that he was uh, underutilized there. Uh, my my friend, also Connor, who who uh, is a massive Rangers fan, can attest that for years he, you know, witnessed uh, him sort of bounce around the lineup, but knew that he was sort of more than that. Uh, and then obviously he was traded to uh, the Blues, um, and we're seeing the fact that he is a genuinely great player. And I mean, I, I, I think truly I would love him on the team, but I do also wonder uh, the question of even though he is a genuinely great player and we can see that if you're bringing a guy in who plays primarily wing, does Rick bonus trust him to play center at a second line time on ice? No. And who gets bumped down? Precisely. Probably <laughs> probably so perfetti that's where my that's why i haven't yeah is, I, I agree that he is the best player on this list uh mm. but i'm going fit over talent in some spots because i just don't know if uh a winger at this point in time even if he does play center it won't be at the same level of bringing in as someone who has played center all season and i would mm. worry about the time on ice and then you're running obviously as you said you're running a third line of healers Buchnevich, perfetti which unreal but they need to be playing more than 13 minutes a night yeah yeah for sure elliot i think it's a great pick it's just yeah i don't think he plays center for the jets and then who do you you have to move the lineup around quite drastically you know what i mean so then then the question then becomes okay well then what do you do with the lineup right so I think that's where someone who is a dedicated center or has played a lot of center in their career, I think is big just because then, you know, that boom, they slide right in for Nemesikov. Nemesikov bumps down. Like we've seen the Jets lineup where Nemesikov isn't two C, right? So mm -hmm. I think it's a great pick. I just don't know how realistic it is also with it being in division. Sure. Um, Elliot, you're back up on the clock. So, um, I am. So yeah, I'm going take it to away. 
I'm going to pick a name that recently has been added to discussions. Um, he does have a modified no trade clause that is in the 18 list. So I actually haven't looked in to see if this player has the Jets on their list or not, which is a little bit of a caveat. Um, they do have two years left on their deal after this year at a very reasonable 3.750. Um, that's easily manageable. I don't think the Jets would have to give up a one. Maybe, but I think it's very unlikely. I'm going to pick Boone Jenner. I think that he okay. is. I, I think he is a good enough defense. Like he's good defensively. He's a very good two-way player. And I think that I, that's. I'm going to stick with the theme of if the Jets are going to see, they need to go with somebody who is two-way dependable. Like essentially, I don't want to say this to batter Vlad Nemesikov, but a, a step above Vlad Nemesikov. You know what I mean? Where he's good in the offensive zone. You can trust him in his own end. And he's just going to play a good full 200-foot two-way game. And he's going to produce points at a good enough rate. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I agree with the pick. I mean, Boone Jenner, I don't know. I think you would have to pay a one. I'm not going to lie. Um, like, I think given the term, given the cap hit, given that he's the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to perception, pay too. Yeah, I think you, you would have to pay up. Um, I'm having issues getting his J fresh card up here, but all the things you said kind of check out in terms of he's a two way player. Um, his power play percentage is actually 86%. Uh, he's a goal scorer, his defense, not like 56%. But again, like we've said with every single player, um, their defensive rating is going to go up with on the Winnipeg jets, like in their system, right. In Rick bonuses system. So, um, I, I like the pick. I like the fit. At 2C, I like the fact that it's a player that Rick Bonus will absolutely trust to take face-offs, to take defensive zone shifts, um, and uh, and the fact that the cap hit the term. I, I like a lot of it, so I I agree with your pick, Brian. Uh, your thoughts? Well, and I, I think too that something that's what's really important, and I, we we spend a lot of time talking about how people overrate face-offs. Um, I think one in the eyes of Rick Bonus that is incredibly important, uh, as at least as a component. Um, but what we also consider here is it does legitimately help provide trust in a line to give them offensive zone starts, which they don't give the uh, the second second line right now. Um, because if I recall correctly, Nemesnikov's faceoff percentage is somewhere in the mid thirties. Um, yeah. So. You're get if you look for guys that have sort of that you know impact and then can also win a few more faceoffs than that, then suddenly you see them starting in the offensive zone, and then you have uh, Ehlers getting those starts and allowing him to sort of carry the puck around the zone, which is automatically a huge benefit of this. Um, but yeah, I, I think that he's one of those guys, and as we know, we don't know if you know a longtime Blue Jacket captain of the Blue Jacket would wave to go to Winnipeg. We also don't know what the jackets are planning in terms of what he's worth, if he's even available, um, mm-hmm. because I feel like that's a loyalty thing there with them, and they've kind of made it clear that he is their guy. Um, but I legitimately wonder if this is something they could swing, because I feel like in terms of fit, I wouldn't hate it. Like he's not gonna, you know, 
be an insanely great offensive player, but he's going to be a better offensive driver than Vlad Nemestikov. And as we said, it's not a knock on Vlad. That's just not his game, though. That's the thing, right? So yeah. um, I wouldn't be shocked that if he does come in, you also see his just overall game, you know, become a little bit more impressive because he's playing on a better team because that yeah. Columbus team is not good. Not good. And he's getting a lot of tough minutes um, on their top line. He's he's playing a lot. Um, but I, I do like the pick. The thing you said about face-offs, just before we head to break here, I want to say one more thing. Face-offs, we all agree, or we all have talked about it on this podcast. We think they're a little overrated in the grand scheme of the game. Um, but when the deployment of your best players relies on it, then it matters. Uh, when Nikolai Ehlers gets 14 and a half minutes a night because Vladimir can't win a face-off, that's a problem. Uh, and it's one of the biggest reasons why I think 2C is the biggest need for the Jets going into the playoffs because you can't have Nikolai Ehlers playing 14 minutes a night uh, just because their line can't win a face-off. Um, so that Boone Jenner definitely fits that. Um, a guy that Rick Bonus would trust. So let's head to break. Elliot's got Boone Jenner. He's got Jacob Chikrin. Brian's got uh, Casey Middlestat and who else? Adam Henrique. Adam Henrique. And I've got Buchnevich and I've got Brock Nelson. Um, we've all got two players. So let's head to break. You're going to hear a word from DraftKings and we will be right back. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. And welcome back in to episode 64 of the Level Fly podcast. We are in the middle of a trade deadline draft, if you will, quote unquote draft. Um, thank you once again to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. While we were on break, Chris Trevler signed with the Bombers, so that was pretty cool. Um, Vibes are good. Some, some, some live breaking news. Yeah, welcome back, uh, Strevy. But, Elliot, you are on the clock. There are bigger things, uh, more important things than Chris Trevler right now. <laughs> we are in the middle of a draft. Um, but, no, go ahead. Uh, make your – this is going to be the last round. We're all going to get one more pick. Um, so, Elliot, your final pick. I'm going to go with a name that lots of people don't want, but I – think he does a job here for the Jets. And I know I might get some grimaces. I might get some, you know, I don't know. I'm going to take Sean Monahan. Sean Monahan. Really? I know that is a he drafted. Okay. See, I so the reason why I do that is because, well, first off, he's making less than two million dollars per year for the for this mm -hmm. last year. Like that is 
easily non-movable. Like that's so easily movable. The Jets probably have that space already. They probably don't even have to really make room for it. Um, and I just think that he has a little bit left in the tank. I know it's not the 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 rental piece. It's not the like two, three years left player that I just went with Boo Jenner. But this is also, I'm making him my third pick because I think that he he would be a selection for the Jets. He would get, the Jets would trade for him if the rest of the trade market dried up. I really do think that the Jets will go out there and make him a Paul Stastny-esque, like a second time around Paul Stastny-esque deal where you throw in a second or a third and you go, okay, this is the best we can do. And it's still maybe good enough to maybe not get you over the hump. Um, as someone else has already said today, maybe not get you over <laughs> the hump, but it might be just enough to get you at least closer. And yes, I know he's playing with Montreal, so his defensive numbers don't look good. But I, I think that he had a, he still has a little bit to give from when he was with the Flames that might be just enough for the Jets to at least get something out of him. Yeah, and uh, like the the one issue I have with Monahan, like I think he's a good player. I think he improves the team. The rumor out there, and I don't think it's going to happen, but the rumor out there is that the Canadians are asking for a one for Monaghan. Heard no, which, which is yeah. too much, too much. At the right price, I don't mind Sean Monaghan. Again, he would play between Perfetti and Ehlers, kind of give that line an offensive boost. Is he, he's a veteran, twenty-eight, so Rick Bonus likely would trust him. Um, but the price is a no for me. If that, it's as simple as that, if it if that's really the case, I don't know if that's. Um, Kent Hughes going to yeah. an insider and say, hey, say that we want a one and maybe someone will pay. But if the Jets get desperate and Monaghan's like the last guy left, they might be like, screw it. We're paying a one just because we're going all in. Um, but I, I don't think Chevy would do that. He, he doesn't usually panic with moves like this. Um, to be fair, they're usually off the board. But the Monaghan thing, I haven't given it much thought just simply because the price is... A little too high for me. The rumored price, I should say. Brian, I don't know if you agree. Yeah, it's too high. And to be honest with you, I don't even see Monaghan as a guy that is even worth paying, I would even think, a second for to play a second-line role. I don't think he's a second-liner. He plays that amount. I don't. I really don't like his game. Um, I think that a lot of his strengths come in a system where he's allowed to kind of just go and do his thing, uh, go and, you know, be an offensive guy. You know that the Rick bonus way is not just to let guys go do their thing. You have to play within the system. And I actually do think that it would hurt him offensively, even if it does bring his defensive game up. And if you're hurting a guy who's uh, not the best offensive guy out there, um, you might as well just keep Vlad Nemestikov in the, uh, that second line center role. Because uh, I honestly think that on the Jets right now, Monaghan would be, maybe the third or fourth best center on the team. I, I really don't, I really don't like what he would bring to the team. Okay. Okay. So we've Fair got enough. a heavy disagree with, with Elliot's last pick. Uh, I, Brian, I listen, but... I'm happy with it because it leaves a couple names that I wanted. I thought he was going to take someone else. So uh, I know Connor, you're happy too. Cause you were expecting maybe that your pick might be gone. Um, uh, my but, pick is uh, available. Yes, sure. it is. 
And so who are I, you picking, Connor? I, I'm on the clock, and uh, I'm honestly pretty shocked that this guy made it this far because um, – or I guess me personally, I was shocked because the first pick, Elliot said Chikrin, and I said this guy was actually the better defenseman, in my opinion, if they were to go at a defenseman, and that's Chris Tanev. I mean, is there a more perfect player for Rick Bonus's system than Chris Tanev? You look at the J Fresh card. You look at the the clips online of him putting his face in the way of a blocked shot. Um, the hundred percent even strength defense. Like he is a pure defensive defenseman um, who doesn't like isn't a liability when moving the puck up the ice. Um, and like I said, he he has highlight real blocked shots. Like that's not a thing. Yet he <laughs> does it. Like it makes it makes like it, it's not a. It's hilarious and. He even mentioned on uh, on After Hours with Scott Oak that Rick Bonus was one of the best coaches he had when Tanev was young, one of the best mentors he had. Why not bring him back, put him in the top four, get even better defensively? I talked about making a strength a strength with Pavel Buchnevich at five on five. This is making a strength like, I, I don't even know, like even way higher than a strength. I don't know how to describe it. but And he's played in this one building of the- before. Yes, as a member yeah. of the Manitoba Moose, great, great call. Um, I watched him but, live. <laughs> yes, you knew he was going to be going to do great things in the in the league one day. But he's one of the the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Like pure defensive defenseman, he's one of the best. Uh, and the Jets, one of the best defensive teams. It's kind of a match made in heaven. And this guy's absolutely on the trade board. He's absolutely going to be moved. The Flames aren't going to make the playoffs, and they have a lot of UFAs, Tanev being one of them. He's 33 years old, probably wants to go win a cup in his last couple years here. Why not come to another Canadian city, play in the top four with Josh Morrissey? He's like Dylan DeMello on steroids, uh, Chris Tanev is. So I, I I would love this pick, and I love the value I got here in this draft, getting Tanev with my (laughs) final pick. Um, I will absolutely take that. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. I've been a big fan of his. Um, there was some questions that I had in terms of, you know, is a lot of his defensive game because of the way, uh, you know, Sutter, you know, structured it in Calgary. And we're seeing now with the coaching change, he's still just as good defensively. And as you said, he's no slouch with the puck. So you're you're looking at a guy who would legitimately bolster the 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 top group there uh and not really have the drawback that say either there's an 100 percent defensive guy but he can't he's scared of the puck or all Mm -hmm. offense no defense you're getting a guy who's got perfect you know defensive play for a system that you know yeah really has you know put that as a main focus and also he's above breaking even in uh, his offensive game. And he's shown in the past that he can kind of go up and down offensively. So I don't know, maybe if he's playing in a defensive system that, you know, the system itself takes a little bit of a burden of him having to do a lot. Uh, maybe he mm-hmm. finds a little bit more, you know, comfortability with, you know, being a little bit more of an offensive guy. When it, when I, like you get a little bit of both there with him. And I think that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Elliot. I think it's, a, I Oops. think it's a great pick. I, I think, if he can kind of, even if that EV defense comes down a little bit, I doubt it would uh, with the Jets. But like if that EV offense could get up into the 60s, I think that would be like the most perfect outcome if you're going for a top four D. 
Like you make sure that the de- the, the defensive side of the game is still so strong. And then you're adding in a guy who's going to bring above average offense. I think that is, if, if Chevy made that move, I think then you kind of have to give him a round of applause and maybe even a standing ovation for that because you're just, you're making what you're already good at better and then you're adding to it. Right. So I think that, yeah. I think that is pretty big. I would like to say, I think that if this is a trade that because it does, uh, do we know if Tanf has any trade protection on him? I can check that real quick. Um, okay. I was um, that. Check that. Because I'll, if, if he does, and I'll, I'll cl- uh, clarify this, obviously, if he does or does not, um, if he does have trade protection and he would need to waive to go to Winnipeg, I guarantee you. Um, oh, Elliot. He does have a 10 team modified no trade list. If there's discussions on if he wants to waive, it would not shock me if the Jets got Craig Heisinger uh, into the conversation because he was the, or I guess, yeah, he was involved in the day-to-day operations with the Moose when, uh, you know, he was part of that team. And that was in the Moose 1.0 days when they were still Vancouver's affiliate. And he uh, only played the one year and then uh, things obviously shifted around. But I think that that might, come into effect because if you've got a guy who's played here before uh, for staff, that's still here. Uh, maybe that's sort of what you're you know, going to pull out of your back pocket as like a, a, an advantage you might have. And he's played for Rick bonus before the quote I bought, yep. I brought up from after hours with Scott Oak, one of the best coaches he had, one of the best mentors he had when he was a young defenseman. So I, I don't think you'd have to worry about him waving. Um, Calgary, like, how, how are you going to, this is a whole nother discussion, but how are you going to use the whole, like, who wants to play in Winnipeg thing when the guy plays in Calgary? Like, that's yeah, a good you point. It's not, it's not like he's going from <laughs> LA to, to Winnipeg. Like, let's relax. Well, but Hey, we, um, we had the player go from LA to Winnipeg and he's loving it here. Actually multiple players. Yes. And, they, and yes, all three exactly. of them love it. So, and I wonder how the guy in LA is doing. I wonder <laughs> we should check in maybe wow. next episode. On how he's doing, um, but anyways, it's not like it's everywhere, uh, all over the internet. But I just think, I just think, if people are like, "Oh my God, Tanev has a no trade clause. He would never go to Winnipeg. Like, stop. He plays in Calgary. Like, let's yeah. let's relax. He's already here um, in Canada. He's already been here, right? Like, and Calgary is Winnipeg. Like, what? The Banff is three hours away. Cool. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's National the same Park. city. It's the same city. Like, I, I, I. That's one of my takes. Is like. People view Calgary as this great city. It's not. But anyways. Um, wow. Connor's picking <laughs> anyways, fights with Calgary. Yeah. Anyways, let's go to Brian's final pick of the draft. And I, I have before, a player up here. I think I know who you're going to go with. Yeah. Okay. Before we uh, reveal my final pick, I just want to say who we've kind of, who's still on the board here and who may not be picked here. Um, right. Elias Lindholm who we know is available, who has been talked about for months. And then a, a bunch of these guys who we don't actually know if they're available or not. So guys like Ryan O'Reilly, Matthew Joseph, uh, Tomash Hurdle, um, Braden Shen, uh, Claude Giroux, Vlad Tarasenko, Dom Kubalik, uh, and Sean Walker. A lot of these guys are still question marks uh, as to whether or not mm-hmm. they are uh, actually available. Um, but I'm going to take a guy who I'm going to stick with the last theme that we just discussed. I'm going to go Sean Walker with my final pick. Um, and 
Yeah, I <laughs> see. I thought you were gonna uh, assume that I was gonna look for um, Giroux uh, for Giroux, but the more I think about it, the less I see like feel like it happens with how much Ottawa you know talks about him and everything. But I got ratioed for... so hard by Sense fans for suggesting uh, Giroux could be traded. So never again. Like never. Again. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my favorite players in the entire league, and I would love Claude Giroux as the second line center. Uh, but I don't see it happening. Um, mm-hmm. The reason why I love Sean Walker so much is because you could effectively swap him in as a Neil Pionk replacement on that second pairing and just increase what you're getting in terms of uh, defensive impact with still getting a great puck moving guy who can also kill penalties at a really high clip. Um, yep. I, I am a big fan of his. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just one of those guys that I see him play. I don't see those like massive mistakes that you'll constantly see from a guy who moves the puck. Um, and he's an, uh, an improvement defensively on Pionk. And I think that getting Pionk down onto like a third pairing, more sheltered role is key for this team to, uh, you know, have that level of defensive depth because if you you're getting a lot of defense from that third pairing right now in terms of um, you know Schmidt and Sandberg, not a lot of uh, puck moving, not a lot of offense. If you get a, a puck mover on that third pairing who can at least you know provide a little bit more of a transition game, I, I like that a lot. And then you have Schmidt as your uh, your your extra, which I prefer greatly uh, over any alternatives. Um, so yeah, that, that's where I'm going with that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. And for the reasons you said, Sean Walker, also another thing you didn't bring up, but rental reasonable cap hit 28 years old, probably would be able to retain him at a cheap price if you wanted. Um, I don't know what the jets cap situation will look like next year. If they want to move off of Schmidt in his last year or whatever. Um, but he's been great with Philly. You see the, the, the Ascension here on the J fresh card. Um, he's been great uh, this this season, especially in a system that Rick Bonus. I remember after the Philly game, or Scott O'Neill, sorry, Scott O'Neill after the Philly game said that Philly plays the same style of hockey that the Winnipeg Jets play, like just smothering defense, smothering forecheck. Um, and Sean Walker has been great in that system, very similar system. I don't think there'd be any issues with fit there. I love it. I don't think the price will be too high. Um, Elliot, I don't know if you uh, if you agree. I think it's a good pick. I think it's. It, again, I still believe that, yes, 2C is important, but I think the Jets do need to go for a defenseman here at the deadline. I think they need to make two trades. Obviously, one is being a 2C, and then the other one being you know a top 4D. And I think Sean Walker fits that top 4D billing. So, I, I again, I think it's a good pick because it would bolster what is already a good defensive core and make it so that Schmidt then, who's had a really good second half of the first half of the year um, would be our extra. And I think that's great. Again, the jets can improve a strength, make a, make a strength, a strength um, and even further strength with uh, the addition of Sean Walker, top pairing, second pairing, third pairing, whatever the defense core would be better with him in it. So um, yeah, but yeah. You know, like, ideally, this year. like I think the best situation for the jets here is to get a center like for like if I'm going off of my team, get a center like Henrique who is trusted to play those second line minutes and who also isn't mm-hmm. a bad player by any means, and a guy right. like Sean Walker, uh, who should be a decent enough cost who can slot into your top four, and you've 
addressed two of those things where you need a second line center who can move up if need be. And you have a, a guy who can move the puck fairly well in that second pairing. And I think that's what you get. Yeah. I think my team, you would have to pay a few first round picks and a few prospects because Brock Nelson, Pavel Buchnevich and Chris Tanev are all probably going to go for at least a one Tanev uh, or Buchnevich and Nelson absolutely would, if not like multiple ones plus prospects. So um, I'm definitely more of the big swing variety, my team. And, and then, if uh, you're uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, um, I'm going to edit this. I'll pull up on the screen uh, all of our teams. You tell us in the comments uh, who you think did best with the sort of bounds of this fantasy draft. Um, you know, all things considered. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, just let us know what you think uh, is either where we went wrong, where you disagree with us, because we'd be very curious to hear where everyone's sort of thought process is uh, on that, you know, as we bear down about a month now until deadline day. So, oh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Everyone loves trade targets. Everyone loves, you know, the speculation who's available, who could the Jets slot in. And I think without a doubt, they're going to make an addition. You don't get this opportunity very often they have pretty clear needs uh like everyone on this list is a top four defenseman or a second line center except for Buchnevich, who uh was the one guy i took that was a winger but anyways um it was great great episode episode 64 thank you everyone for checking it out um we'll be posting the teams as well on our socials so keep an eye out for that at level flight wpg drop a comment there who you think did the best within the bounds of the draft the criteria and uh, we will see you next week for episode 65. We'll be previewing, kind of recapping the Jets' all-star break. Rick Bonus, Connor Hellebuck, Kyle Connor all headed there to Toronto. And then the Jets get their first game back Tuesday. So we'll actually have a game to talk about next week as well. So come back next week for episode 65. From Brian Elliott and I, thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. See you. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. 